Good morning and happy hump day to you. Hump day. Hope you have a great Wednesday. I just wish I brought an umbrella. Why do you need an umbrella? I brought you an umbrella. What do you need an umbrella for? It's National Umbrella Day. You're making that up. Oh, now you're just making stuff up. This day we honor one of the world's most useful inventions. Where's the sunshine? Rain or shine? I think you're just making that up. No, it's real. Let Wednesday begin. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. What's happening, people? You people. You people. You people. Uh-oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I know where... This ends badly, Scott. Reel it in. Uh, hey, guys. What's happening? Happy Hump Day. We are halfway to the long weekend. Family Day in Ontario is just around the corner, although I'm aware of the fact that in other parts of the country, they celebrate other things when we celebrate Family Day here in Ontario. Uh, a whole shitload of stuff that we're going to get to today. First off, have you read any of the comments on our Facebook page about the pancake mix formerly known as Aunt Jemima? <laughs> oh, I am enjoying going through it. First of all, we know people don't like change. and that's- People hate change. Yeah. I'm so glad you said yeah. that. People, you know, it's funny because people, oh, I'm progressive. I'm progressive. A good progressive thinker. People are so resistant to anything that's different than they're used to, and I don't understand why. Go ahead. Yeah, so th- we knew that. We know that as a fact. So, okay, there's that. But there's people who really hate it. Um, you mentioned our Facebook page. I don't know if we ever shouted our Facebook page very often, but just so you know, there's a Scott Fox and Cat Callahan Facebook page. It'll kind of give you, if you don't get a chance to listen to our radio show, which I hope that you do, um, but if you don't, it kind of gives you an inside look, an early early look at what we're going to talk about in the podcast a lot of the time, depending on what's on there. So we'll post all kinds of articles from our site. Really easy to use. So... When we posted this, we got all kinds of negative comments. I'm not sure. Some people think it actually looks better than before, like Vito. Vito says it looks better than before. Uh, Brad says, still calling it Aunt Jemima, just like the dome. Okay, look, I still call it the dome, too, so I can't hate on that. Um, History is starting to be erased says Magdalena. This is ridiculous. Magdalena, what? I, history being erased. Lisa says this is ridiculous. Martha agrees. Uh, Jennifer, look at all the white people upset about the name of a processed food. You'll live, I promise. Okay. There, <laughs> there's a comment I like because I, I, I do agree. Like this, is, this shouldn't stop you from buying it, I think. I know people hate and they think that this is all just a cancel culture thing, right? And they hate cancel culture. So anything to do with it, they assume that this is why they will avoid it. And again, let's go back to what we always say. If you don't want to buy something, nobody's fucking forcing you to. Don't. Don't. Buy the fucking no-name brand. What does it matter? What does it matter to us? It's fine. You don't have to hate on it so much. Um, And PepsiCo will live on, by the way. It, It does take getting used to. I just think the name is long. There's reasoning behind it, and you can see the full press release if you're that interested. Uh, but Pearl Milling Company, it's a, it's not, it doesn't really roll off the tongue. No, it doesn't. I, I, what is the reasoning behind this? I know you talked about it this morning on our show. Okay, so, I mean, the reason why they changed the name in the first place? Is it because Aunt Jemima was offensive, or was it the logo that was offensive? There actually was an Aunt Jemima, right? That's correct, yeah. People people were basically um, f- figuring, if I'm not mistaken, that pep- what this company was doing was profiting off of this woman who went through everything she went through. And I couldn't tell you the full biography of Aunt Jemima. But basically, they're putting her on this bottle and making money off of her when... 
she was, I, I don't know exactly what she was. Again, you'd have to read the bi- full biography. So they promised back in June that they agreed with what was going on, and they announced that they were going to transition to a different name. Now we're learning what the name is. By the way, when they when they made that announcement, they also pledged $5 million bucks to support the black community, and they've announced also in this press release a couple of different ways that they've done that. Um, and that's in addition to, like, this black business and community uh, fund that they created, which is $400 million. They've got a lot of money, obviously. Wow. Um, yeah, it's crazy. But uh, Quaker Oats, I mean, is owned by PepsiCo. Quaker Oats is the one that made this uh, announcement. And it's been Aunt Jemima since 1925. That's a long wow. time to have that name. Is this cancel culture or was it just offensive to people? Were people actually offended? Like, did anybody ever call the PepsiCo and say, I'm I'm offended that you're using this Aunt Jemima shit? There were calls for it. And what happened was at the time, there were calls for several different companies and it was basically kind of a list. And the Aunt Jemima name kept coming up on this particular list. And it was to the point where they couldn't, they felt they couldn't ignore it. That's it. Um, this Pearl Milling Company, hmm. for those that are curious... Uh, is that offensive in some way? I, I, I'm sure they did their research. I would sure hope so. But it was actually founded in 1888. It was the originator of the pancake mix that later became known as Aunt Jemima. So there is a history there without offending people, question mark. I'm not sure if it does. But that's why they went with Pearl Milling Company, is that it was a part of the original mix. It was the pancake mix mill that produced it. Shit. I don't know. I don't know. Like it makes no difference to me. It's fine. It 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 does look like I don't know. I don't. I don't love the logo and the name, but I I don't know. I I don't think it should. It really makes a difference to me. Listen, if somebody actually was offended, I feel bad, and they probably should do something to correct that. If nobody was offended, they were just complaining that other people might be offended. Then that's bullshit. I'm I'm really tired of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you were offended by it, like truly offended, then then yeah, it's probably incumbent upon Pepsi to make a change. But either way, I mean, what the fuck do you care? Who cares if Aunt Jemima changes their name? You probably didn't even buy it that often anyway. Yeah. And you know what? Pancakes are one of the easiest things in the world to make. You've probably got all the ingredients in your home anyway. You don't need to go out and buy a mix. And if you want to put the syrup on top, the Aunt Jemima shit, go and get actual maple syrup, not pancake syrup. Move on. If you don't like it, don't support them anymore. I don't understand why people have to get so fired up about shit. That seems like a silly hill to die on. I mean, fine. If you don't like it, you don't like it, but just don't buy it anymore. Uh, Let's go to the schools for just a second here because there's a debate raging on another story on Facebook. Uh, Is it safe to send kids back to school? Let me read you one comment. Hi, I know kids aren't getting COVID at school, but may I say something? Should it really matter where they get COVID? I mean, we know that it spreads and you can get it at work or shopping, etc. What I'm trying to say is I don't trust it. I know that things have not changed in the school system as per Minister Lecce. Things do not happen overnight. I know maybe some things maybe have been added. But the fact is, if a teacher or a child brings in COVID, then it spreads just like in your home workplace, nursing home, etc. If they feel it's safe, then why didn't they open all the schools at once and the economy? You know, I, I might actually take a break from Facebook. I'm going to be honest you, with you. I might wait take a, break a minute, from though. Do you actually mean that? Because I, you and I joke and joke, talk about it from time to time. Do you really mean it? Yeah. 
listen, there's a, a reason for everything here. So let me explain the school stuff to you. The statistics show that, yes, there was a lot of COVID in the schools in the fall. What the st- statistics also show is that kids didn't catch it at school. They came to school with it. So little Johnny comes to school because, I don't know, Johnny was at hockey practice last night and he caught it from such and such and then came to school the next day. Testing reveals Johnny's got it. Okay, so that's why everybody's cohorted. That's why uh, the kids are separated on the playground and they have to stay away from the other cohorts. So if little Johnny gets it, his cohort may be told, you guys are going to have to stay home until you've had a test or until two weeks are up. That's how they prevent it from spreading to the entire student population. And as long as it's not spreading in the schools, i.e. Johnny gave it to Susie and Susie gave it to Bobby and Bobby gave it to the teacher. As long as that's not happening, schools are fairly safe. About as safe as you can expect in a global pandemic. I really don't understand why we have to keep rehashing the same fucking arguments. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. We've been through this. In the fall, yeah, there was entire schools that got shut down because they couldn't figure out the link between how it got from one cohort to another or if two different kids both came to school and had it. So, yeah, that happened, particularly closer to Christmas. But we kept the schools open. People seem to agree kids should be in school. And if you don't want to put your kid in school, they don't need to go to school. That's all there is to it. There's nothing else to understand. Complaining on Facebook about the schools not being safe while you're sending your kid to school at the same time is fucking ludicrous to me. I don't understand that. If you don't think it's safe, don't send your kid. If you do think it's safe, send your kid. That's all there is to it. But the numbers show that it wasn't spreading in the school. Yeah, maybe like, the Facebook cleanse will do you a little bit of good. I try to do that on weekends as best I can unless there's a breaking news story. And I'm telling you, even those two days off of it, don't care, don't look, it's very helpful. Oh, by the way, Justin yesterday announced that if you cross into Canada at a land crossing, they can't stop you from coming in if you're a Canadian citizen because you have a right to come home. That's in the charter. But what they are going to do is if you don't have a test from within the last 72 hours, a PCR test, then they're going to fine you three thousand dollars. Whoa, whoa. Well, that's 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 a lot. I think that's uh, that's a knee jerk reaction, right? They're just putting a fucking bandaid on it. This has been going now for 11 months, 11 months now. You didn't do a fucking thing about this. But now you want to put it in when we're at the end, when there's light at the end of the tunnel, when things are getting better. Now you want to put it in. Okay. All right. You guys are brutal. Uh, (laughs) Let's get on to some other shit that has nothing to do with COVID because I'm just getting pissed off now. Um, You break up with somebody. Do you change your passwords instinctively? And I know this isn't a question for you because you've been with your husband for a long time. It's probably been quite a long time since you've been dumped. But if you break up with somebody, they're saying you should change your password. And here's why. It's astounding how many people have found out that their ex is accessing their shit because they had their password. And I mean, it's some things that are obvious. They're sharing your Spotify premium account, sharing your Netflix account. Maybe they're still logged into your Uber app. Okay. But what if I told you that they're also still logged into your find your friends or they're uh, still able to access your email? They have the same shared online calendar or your DMs, your social media, because about one in four people 
still have access to their ex's shit because they never changed the password. I don't understand how this happens. I don't understand how this happens. How does that person get all of your email passwords? There must have been some weird shit going on in the first place if they know all of that stuff. Don't get me wrong. Mm-mm. The Netflix, I get it. Like uh, Disney Plus, um, uh, other shared accounts, Google Google Nest, for example. Maybe they can get in there. That's a dangerous one, too, because they shared it with you. And those things make sense to share. I I don't understand the social media ones. I don't understand the email ones. Why are you sharing that in, in the first place? There was obviously no trust in that relationship to begin with. Or am I just... Am I general just, assumption. A general, generally assuming. How yeah. else do they have your passwords then? How else are they able to get into your private Facebook page and your private Instagram account and your TikTok or whatever the fuck else you're using? Well, let me give you a couple of examples. So for me... Uh, I know that my girlfriend has my password because I have basically the same password for everything. And I had to give it to her for, uh, if you want to access my Netflix, go ahead. Here's the password. If she really wants to get creative and say, huh, I wonder if that password also works on his, uh, Instagram. Mm, It does. I wonder if that actually works on his nest. Yeah, it does. If you want to log in, you can turn the lights off on me anytime you want. It's bedtime. Lights are going out. Whatever you want to do. So a lot of people have the same passwords for everything. And in some cases, it's perfectly innocent. Maybe you have that that conversation about what if. Hey, you know what? If anything ever happens to me, you take over my Instagram account. Here's the password. Sometimes people do that. Uh, the same reason that someone might give a password is the same reason that you might get their ta- their name tattooed on you. Because you think in the time it's going to last forever. This is the one. But as statistics show us, it doesn't always last that way. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I I hear everything you're saying, but I don't buy it. Really? Yeah, I still don't buy it. Uh, Okay, maybe you have the same password for everything, but it doesn't mean that they should be logging into it anyway. It doesn't mean that just because she might know what what the guy's password is or he might know what her password is that you should do it. So it's up to you to change it. I've been married for I've been with my husband for like 15, almost 16 years he doesn't know. He wouldn't even know how to begin how to get into my Facebook account, and and that's fine with both of us. I don't need to go out of my way to give him the password. I never have. He's never asked. I just think that there's something weird going on there if you even know it to begin with, unless you're sharing a device, right? Or you're sharing an iPad or something, and it's on yours. Or some couples share an account, right? They just have one Facebook I pro- profile. Some do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Like my, I don't know. My sister-in-law uses my, my brother's because she doesn't want to be out there, right? Some people just don't want their name out there. They don't want to put in their info. So she'll, for example, hop on there to see what everybody else is up to. That's her window into our social media world. Uh, but I, and that happens time to time. Fine. But I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. I've never gone out of my way. This is just from my own personal experience though. But anyway, Bottom line to me is that's up to that person. Change your fucking passwords when you break up with someone. Like, isn't it that simple? It should be that simple. You should also be able to have enough common respect for each other to stay out of your shit. Right? I mean, Mm -hmm. if I break up with someone, oh, okay, well, that's too bad. Why would I want to track that person? Even if they dump me, why would I want to track that person? It's silly to me, but people do it. There's also people who, when they get dumped, don't believe it's over. They just believe it's a little bump in the road. So they want to keep an eye on that person and see what the hell they're up to. Uh, And it's not all passwords, by the way. Sometimes it's shared shit. I mean, I don't have to give you my password to have you on Find My Friends. Maybe you just never blocked them from being able to see your location at all times. And it's amazing how much stuff, when you want to, people can figure out.
Sometimes people go full-blown detective mode when a relationship comes to an end, and it's wild how far they'll go. In any case, the advice is change your passwords if you've broken up with someone, and it's a good idea to change your passwords anyway. Great article about it right now at scottandcat.ca. You remember Sunday during the Super Bowl, there was that streaker on the field? Yes. This is amazing to me. This is a total perfect example of bet on yourself. So the Super Bowl streaker is now talking. He was the guy that ran on the field. He actually dodged a few tackles because they got the fattest, most out of shape security guards guarding the field at Super Bowl for some reason. I don't understand that, but whatever. They finally got him tackled in the end zone. Turns out he did that for a reason. The reason he went and streaked during the Super Bowl is because there was a prop bet. A prop bet on whether or not there would be a streaker at the Super Bowl. This guy said, yep, there is going to be because I'm going to do it. He put 50 grand down on 15 to 2 odds that there would be a streaker at the Super Bowl and won $374,000. Once we came up with this idea to do this, I called one of my friends and he goes, I wonder if there's a prop bet for that. So we started searching uh, Bavada. Bavada prop bet was plus 750 for a fan to run onto the field. So I immediately started calling every single person I know and asked them to set up an account with Bavada and place this bet for me. I did as many as I can, and with the difference, we made about $370,000. Isn't that like tampering? It's kind of in a tam- weird well, way. Like I don't know. Like I don't know if this guy's brilliant or kind of stupid. Like I'm not sure if he should get the money. You can't just do that. It's like Tom Brady knowing that he was going to do something silly and then making money off of it. I feel like you shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, if if you're one of the athletes, that's totally not cool. If you're Brady and you bet against the Bucks winning. And Brady actually is in the lead and does something to fuck it up on purpose. Okay, that is not okay. That's why you're not allowed to bet on sports if you're playing for one of those teams or you're even in that league. But in this case, he's just a fan. And the question was, will there be a streaker at Super Bowl? Well, there certainly is if you're the one who's going to take it into your own hands and actually do it. Especially with those odds. 15 to 2 odds, he bet 50K and won $374,000. Good on him. That's amazing. Well, I'm streaking next year then. I don't care. You know, I mean, for that kind of money, I'll streak no, right like, now. It doesn't it, even need to be the Super Bowl. Like, what do you want? Like, the fucking Grey Cup? If this, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> name, an, name an event. I will streak if I can bet on it beforehand. Because if that's allowed, if this guy's actually going to get his money, fucking right. I will place that prop bet and I will do it. Okay, wait a second, though, because he wasn't full-blown streaking. I mean, he didn't have all his clothes on, but he didn't have, like, his dick out or anything like that. Are you going to fully commit to streaking, or are you just going to half-ass it with, like, a bikini on or some shit like that? Does it get you the money? Well, it depends, like, what gets you the money. Is, is there 375 like a, grand. Yeah, but, like, is there a, is there a must-have all-clothes-off Asterisk well, on it, or like, what are the what are the details there? If he wasn't I, fully full blown nude with his dick wagon, why does he get money? I believe the the definition of streaker is somebody runs on the field. I, I don't think it's necessarily nude. That's just traditionally how streakers have done it. But cat, uh, if, if somebody says, "I'll give you three hundred and seventy five grand to run across the the field at a, a Hamilton Tiger Cats game this summer, three hundred and seventy five k," but you got to do it nude. Would you do it for 375? 
I don't know if I'd actually do it. I probably wouldn't go through with it, no. Tits out. How about just tits? Topless. Would you maybe. do it for 375k? Maybe. I'd have to have a convo with a hubby, but maybe. <laughs> That's a solid maybe. How much fucking booze are you drinking before you do that? Oh, to God. <laughs> You're going to make it to like the 20-yard line and pass out. <laughs> <laughs> I would too, but only because I'm grossly out of shape. A lot of people have been dating virtually for the last few months. And, and hey, reopening time is just around the corner. Most of Ontario reopens on Tuesday and you can actually go and have a proper date. But until then, under the stay-at-home order, not a lot of places to go. The dating has been done online. And the question is simple. Can you fall in love with somebody you've never actually met? Wow. And people have done. People say that they've that they've done it, and and I believe that. I believe that. I'm sure there's a lot of long lasting relationships uh, that it, that they really met online because they're long distance. You know, pre pandemic, even they were long distance and they fell in love that way. Okay, I, I'm just trying to. I don't know. It's not for everybody though, right? You have to have two people who are willing to not be able to actually physically see each other and touch each other, and then fall in love. I mean, you can fall in love with someone's personality and. But there's a lot of other things that come into play with it, right? I feel like you need all your senses in order to fall in love with someone. But again, that's just from my experience. This is from the New York Post. They say that the average single person has had 13 virtual dates in the last 10 months. One in three claim they've told someone, I love you, after they only dated virtually and never met face-to-face. The reasons that people like virtual dating, number one, Yeah, I'm here for this. It's cheaper. It's much cheaper, right? You don't even need a premium account. And you got a perfect excuse to get off the call. Like, oh, I don't have Zoom premium. 45 minutes. Sorry, I got to (laughs) go. They're cheap. Really cheap. Yep. Less pressure. No pressure to take your clothes off after dinner. Yeah, I mean, that's true. There is a little less pressure there. Yeah, okay. Easier to arrange. Sure. Fire them off a link. Hey, meet me online tonight, 10 o'clock. Let's do some shit. Easier to leave. Easier to leave. Easier to yeah. leave while you fake a, a bad connection? <laughs> like, yeah. oh, fuck, the bachelor's coming on soon. I can't, what? I can't hear you. <laughs> Fucking Wi-Fi. Screw you, pal. <laughs> and you don't have to get as dressed up. Okay, that's an interesting one because I'm, I, I'm just going to say it now, and I don't even care necessarily if my girlfriend's up for this. There are going to be occasions, once everything's back to normal, where I will get dressed up again. I like getting dressed up to go to a nice restaurant. But I think just for the regular run-of-the-mill dates, if we're just going to a pub or we're going to go out and do some shopping, I'm not losing, I'm not losing the sweats. I'm not even going to put jeans on for most of what I used to put <laughs> jeans on for. Really? I'm not doing it anymore. Fuck it. I'm way too comfortable now in the sweats. And it was the... COVID-19 that taught me, you don't need to wear jeans to Walmart. Nobody else is. Why the fuck should you oh, put some effort that's in? that's the, like, you can go low bar, like, lowest bar there. But what about, like, a nice, so you're okay for, like, a nice restaurant special occasion. Like, your girlfriend's birthday, if uh, we're COVID-free by then, I don't know when it is, but let's say we're, we're, we're good, you know, and you can dine in and you feel comfortable. You're going to dress up still? Or are you going to, you feel like you're just not going to bring it as much as you brought it before? 
I still consider dining out to be an experience, and I don't really go to a lot of like um, uh, smaller end restaurants. Like if I'm going to go to a, a Boston Pizza, for example, or a Kelsey's or whatever, I'll do that with my buddies. My girlfriend and I are not going there for dinner. We'll go somewhere high end, and because we both are foodies and appreciate a good meal, we usually once every couple of weeks will go out to a nice restaurant. I get dressed up for that. Sometimes I wear a jacket, sometimes I don't, but always nice pants and a nice shirt. But if we are going to go to just a pub or something like that and just crank a few pints back, which we like to do as well, I'm going sweats. Fuck it. Most of the time, I would not leave the house without at least jeans on. That's out the window. That ship has sailed. Uh Uh-uh. Not doing it anymore. I'm going to be comfortable herein. If we're going to, I don't know, the outlets because she wants to find some fucking purse that's on sale at Burberry – that's sweats. Like, I don't need to put jeans on to go and buy a $400 purse or clutch or whatever the fuck those long, narrow ones are called. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I wonder that, the, like, similarly, like, am I going to bother, like, really doing my hair a lot or putting on makeup? I don't even put on t- a lot of makeup every day or anything. But, like, when I see a lot of people again, am I going to feel the pressure to, to do that? And do I want to do that? You know, I, I don't think you're going to be alone there in what you're saying. I really don't. No, we're going to be a very comfortable society by about uh, Labor Day. By about Labor Day, you're going to have your jeans pile, and then right beside it is going to be your sweats pile, and they can be used interchangeably. Soon you can pull that trigger on uh, going to work, too. Mm. Girls have been getting away with that for years. Wearing leggings to work. Well, they're black pants, so it's fine. Okay, well, I'm going to start wearing black sweats to work. How about that? That'd be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> That'd be cool. Uh, You had an update this morning on uh, Britney Spears and on Gorilla Glue Girl. Yes. Okay. So, okay. Let's talk Britney Spears first because I finally watched that documentary and it took me a little while. But here in Canada, we get a little fucked because I guess you can't get Hulu, which I didn't even know. So upon some digging, I did find the documentary and I was uh, sure glad I did. It was very, very interesting. So my take on it, first of all, is that, yes, it is really sad what Britney Spears went through. I thought, yes, it is absolute bullshit what she endured when you compare what she endured to a male. It was also almost 20 years ago now, for example, when she and Justin Timberlake were together. Okay, so that was a long time ago, but she was absolutely slut shamed in interviews. It was up to her to announce that she was a virgin. Yeah. And you know what? I think a lot of stars since then have learned from that. They don't go out there publicly saying that they're virgins or not virgins. And frankly, it's no one's fucking business. But at the time, she put it out there. And doing that, I think, is what made journalists that were interviewing her more comfortable asking her those questions. So there were highlights from all these interviews. One man interviewing her in the UK, and I don't know what the show is. I don't know what the man's name is. But he said straight up he would like to ask her about her boobs because people are really talking about your boobs. You might remember she did that Rolling Stone cover, and that was a hot topic because girls didn't do that at the time. Like, you, you just didn't do that, and she bared a lot of skin. And it's hard to believe that just 20 years ago that made, like, front headline news everywhere that she was fucking half naked on a, on a magazine cover. But one guy just straight up asked her, like, let's talk about your boobs. You like having your boobs out a lot. Like, who fucking does that? Diane Sawyer is under a lot of fire for all of the shit that she was saying about her, too, in the interview, which I I agree. It was really bad. Like, she basically told her it was okay for that woman to say that she would want to shoot Britney Spears because she's a parent. 
and parents should keep that stuff away from their kids and they do their best, but you're making it hard. Go fuck yourself, okay? It is totally up to you what you do with your kids. And if your kids see something, then they should know well enough that they don't need to copy what she's doing. But anyway, um, Justin Timberlake, I agree, didn't really look good. I'm curious if he's going to address this because he went on he went on a bunch of interviews after the fact, after he had broken up with Britney or vice versa. He wrote a, I mean, he got rich off of a song, Cry Me a River. He purposely cast him on the look like Britney Spears. He looks like a big dick because they played some interviews where he openly says, yeah, I did fuck Britney Spears. Ha 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 ha. It's funny. And yet she gets slut shamed for it. He gets a laugh out of it. It's, uh, you know, it's extremely unfair when you really took, do take a look at it from this angle. Her old personal assistant was a part of this. I mean, there's some big names, by the way, in this documentary that were big parts of her life until her father came along. Her father obviously has a conservatorship. And ever since that happened, basically, he shut out everybody that was in her life previous to it, which is why they're coming forward in this documentary saying that Brittany needs help. We know Brittany wants out of her conservatorship. OK, I'm trying to keep it as it's, it's a very long, complicated story, but she wants out of this conservatorship. We know that. Tomorrow, okay, Thursday, it hits the courts again. Her mom is finally involved. And for the life of me, I can't understand why she's not more involved. Because if my daughter was in the middle of this, like, this is why I feel like there's a lot more going on, Scott. Because Hmm. if this was my daughter, I would be way more involved, way more outspoken with what's going on. So why is everybody staying so quiet around her? And I know she's not well. We know that she's had whatever was in her medical report to begin with to put this conservatorship in place. It was bad. Like, she was in a bad spot. But, for example, like the postpartum depression that she suffered and shaving her head, it was looked at as you're a fucking crazy person when mm-hmm. she was going through what a lot of people go through. Like, I don't think it would fly today. It wouldn't be the same outcome today as it was, you know, 15, 20 years ago when it happened. But it's such a shame. So, I, I don't know. Sam Asgari is her boyfriend, and he recently um, said that uh, Jamie is a dick. And he reiterated that when TMZ caught up with him just yesterday. I'm not upset at anybody, but you know what? It is what I said is what I said. So I think he's a dick. That's just my opinion. But I'm not going to go into details. Uh, that's it, man. Can you guys ever be on good terms? I hope so. Once he starts treating his daughter right, right, then we can be on good terms. Now, now a lot of fans are, are concerned with Britney after seeing the Hulu doc. Thank you to all the fans. How's Britney doing? Is she okay? She's doing amazing. She's doing amazing. I'm always having her back. Thank you very much. I mean, good for him. To say something, that must be a little bit tough, especially when that's your girlfriend. I don't know how Britney would react to it. Britney herself, I shouldn't say Britney herself. You know a lot You know a lot of the conspiracy theories, right, Scott? Like, are you familiar sure. with them? Uh, a few of them, yeah. That Britney isn't even running her Instagram account? You've heard of all of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But who the hell would run that the way they're running it? She's got it's a, a hot mess. It's a hot mess. It is abs- you're absolutely right. And I, me too. I'm not really of that mind that it's not her. But under a conservatorship, you have every right to oversee things like that. Let's just put it that way. So it is totally possible that it's not actually her. Sam might speak up, though. Sam might say something. I'm not sure if that was the case, if he would. So she posted a video of her performing in Vegas, um, and she said, I can't believe this was three years ago. I'm taking the time to learn and be a normal person now, though. I love simply enjoying the basics of everyday life. She ends it with, remember, no matter what we think we know about a person's life, it's nothing compared to the actual person living behind the lens. So it's her way of saying a lot more shit happened than what's just being shown in the documentary. But she also, underline, didn't say she didn't want the Free Britney movement to continue on. And it's getting bigger and bigger. And it's got some star power behind it, too. There's now people that did used to talk to her that don't talk to her anymore going, okay, what the fuck is going on? We need to hear from her how she is. Because a lot of people are worried about her. Hmm. Are you worried about her? I am worried about her. 
Should we free Britney? I from the conservatorship? Uh yeah. That's her fucking money she made. And she worked really hard for that money, playing Planet Hollywood for three, four nights every single week for how many years that she did it. In one year alone, I think it was like 50, she made like $50 million when she made her big comeback. That was the second her dad got involved. The second her dad gets involved in her life, she's making money and there's no other fucking option. He claims it's for her own mental health and well-being. I'm not so sure that's the case. And I think she just kind of wants to live freely and this conservatorship being erased would maybe help i mean it's apparently very hard to get out of one there were a lot of lawyers involved in this documentary that know a hell of a lot more about conservatorships than i would but they were even saying yeah these are extremely hard to get out of uh, one lawyer who ended up on jamie spears's team by the way so this was filmed before that happened said that she has never seen it happen never ever and would be surprised if it did so, I mean, it's a shame if somebody actually is well now who can't even see her kids. I'm not sure when the last time she got to see her boys was. It's it's a shame. K-Fed, by the way, did say something. If you care what K-Fed has to say, he says that he's fine with everything in place, but he also gets to see his boys all the time. Let's talk about Gorilla Glue Girl. This is an update from yesterday, and I have a DM to read you about that. Okay. But what is what is the update? She's Can got uh, some uh, offers to help now. One more quick thing about the Britney thing, because we can't see it in Canada. You can DM me. I will send you links, okay, if you want to watch it. Uh, so Gorilla Glue Girl, yeah, she, you know she's gotten offers all over the place, eh? I heard. It's crazy. So the most recent, the top two really that she's pretty excited about, well, the number one is the fact that there's a a surgeon that is willing to help her out, and she is flying there to get the glue. The doctor says that he'll be able to get this glue completely dissolved uh, from her from her head. So good, fine. It's worth about 13 grand and he's going to do it for free. Oh, that's That's nice. Pretty incredible. And then Beyonce's hairstylist is getting involved too, saying, yes, she made a big mistake, but let's stop tearing her down and let's help. When she leaves the hospital, if she needs a wig or taking care of her scalp, I am here for her. Hey, I'm sure that costs a lot of money getting Beyonce's hairstylist on your side, but willing to do it for free. Another person. What have you used to try to get it out? Um, We did the baby oil. We did cooking oil. Olive oil. What is your biggest fear? I'm going to lose my hair. All of it. Hmm. Here's a DM that came in from Robin. Hey there, guys. Love your show. I listen every morning on my commute to work. I wanted to make a comment about the story you shared regarding the woman with Gorilla Glue in her hair. I, too, was shocked that this could have happened. However, a coworker that I was discussing this with shed some light that helped me understand a side of the story that I didn't know about the black community. She shares it is very commonplace for black individuals and women in particular to use glue in their hair styling routines. Hair bonding agents and hair glue is quite commonly used with extensions and wig wear. Her stepdaughter is from Africa, and in fact, she shared with us that she used a product called Gorilla Snot on a daily basis to keep her hair in place. And that packaging has a giant gorilla on the front. She also noted that a got to be hair product commonly used by a black woman has similar aerosol look packaging to the gorilla glue that this woman used i didn't know that okay i didn't know that yeah if this was an honest to god mistake okay to me I mean, if I use a product in my hair, that product is usually something that I'll take a good look at. It's usually on my counter. Uh, If it's the first time I'm using that product, I'll probably read the instructions. 
So I don't know that she gets a perfect pass, but if that's true, and I admit I don't know, I'm not a woman or black, or do I wear a wig or extensions? Like, I'm completely out of the loop on this. Mm -hmm. But if that's the case, then uh, maybe I can be a little more sympathetic for Gorilla Glue Girl. Either way, I'm still questioning how that happened, though. I mean, it's fucking glue. Like, real, bonding, permanent glue. (laughs) But if nothing else, she's getting some great offers. She's now got an informal connection to Beyonce out of this. She's doing media interviews, and she might even win that lawsuit. There's a chance she could win the whole fucking thing. Well, she's got good money for lawyers now. I don't know what the GoFundMe is at, but it's tens of thousands, so that helps. It does help. It does help. But. <laughs> I just want to be the judge in that trial. I just want to hear the details. I want to be able to ask some questions like, oh, what, were you in the shower and you just reached and, and you had just finished gluing something? Or why was the Gorilla Glue in your bathroom in the first place? Or any number of things that I might want to ask for clarification on. It'd be great to be a judge at that trial. Uh, last but certainly not least for this edition of After 9, I want to do a shout out to where we do our FM radio show from, Waterloo Region, one of the fastest growing areas in the country, by the way. And they just announced that the region of Waterloo Airport, which is an international airport, it's it's a great airport because it's one building, a, a terminal, nothing like Pearson, which is a big monstrosity that takes you like half an hour to walk to customs after your flight. Nope. The International Airport in Waterloo is very similar to Hamilton. Smaller size, very user-friendly. It's great. They're going to start offering regular weekly service to Halifax, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, Victoria, and Vancouver. And I'm here for it. I like having more options Mm -hmm. for airports to fly out of. You know, sometimes I think to myself, you know what? Maybe I'll fly out to Kelowna next weekend and see my daughter for the weekend. By the time you get to Pearson, and you've got to get there so fucking early for it's a terrible. flight. I hate going to Pearson. I hate it. Then you got to go through all those long lines and the automated check-ins, and you got to flash your boarding pass like 500 times, get to your gate, wait, get on your plane. It's a much different experience if you go to a smaller airport. For anybody who's ever driven over the border to Buffalo and flown out of the Buffalo International Airport, you know it is lightning quick. You can get off your plane and be out at your car in like less than 10 minutes. That will never, ever, ever happen at Pearson. And it's just because it's so big. So now you've got another option. It's a good airport and... More opportunity to see Canada. Uh, Let's be honest. Flair is not Air Canada or WestJet. You know, you pay a lower base fare, but you pay for everything on top of that. No, I will take, I will fucking pay more to be able to leave from so close to home and avoid Pearson Airport anytime. No problem. When you go to Waterloo Airport, you can arrive like 10 minutes before your flight and you're good. Like, it's crazy. So I'm I'm all for this. And like you, I mean, you mentioned it and I was going to say the exact same thing. Getting a chance to make it more convenient at least to see other parts of our country is something that I've always felt that we need. We need to have this. So this gets us one step closer to being able to see those parts of Canada that we didn't get to see. And because some people are just afraid of Pearson Airport and fucking hate it like me. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see this. And I think it's just the beginning too. I think it's just the beginning. Once we get more flights like this, if it becomes a busier airport, we're going to see other, other flights coming in to different destinations. In fact, in fact, actually, I should mention that one of the councillors had commented on this, a regional councillor in Kitchener, and 
kind of said more more to be announced kind of thing. So they Good. are already alluding. More destinations to come, maybe, is what Tom uh, Galloway replied uh, to a tweet that I was in with. So I'm happy to hear that. Um, obviously, all these things have to go through council and blah, blah, blah. You guys all know how it works, but hopefully we get more announcements soon. And I think more f- good news is coming when it comes to that. Fantastic. Get a flight to the States, like a daily, nonstop to anywhere, one of the hubs. Make it go to Chicago, New York, Atlanta, Detroit even. I don't give a shit. Just somewhere where I can connect to wherever it is that I want to go in the States. That would be fantastic. But the lesson to be learned here is when you're out there searching for your flight deals because you want to go to Vancouver or Halifax or St. John's or whatever, uh, there's more than one airport in the area. You don't always have to search Toronto as your departing airport. Try Kitchener. Try Hamilton. Sometimes you can get a good deal, better flight times. There's a lot of reasons to – and I'm not shitting on the GTAA, by the way. But Pearson is really fucking big, and sometimes it's not all that convenient when you could get basically the same flight out of Hamilton or Kitchener. There really should be a way to search southern Ontario instead of just search Toronto or just search Hamilton or just search Kitchener. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and by the way, it's on top of the fact that just with Pearson, it's not even really the airport itself. Once you're there, it's okay. The problem is the the money. You If you want to do fly, uh, you want to pay to park and then fly, it's fucking atrocious. At Waterloo Airport, you could pay 20 bucks for a week. Same cost as like one single day at Pearson. It's insane. Plus, like I said, you don't have to wait as long, too. So there's a lot of upsides to, to do it, having more flights available to these smaller airports. Mm. All right. I got to go. It's uh, almost time for Charlie's Walk. Uh, people ask me all the time about the dog, so I try and throw pictures on from time to time. Uh, guys, he's growing really, really quickly. He's up to 23 pounds now. He just turned three months old, and he is uh, the sweetest thing. I'll, I'll try and get more pictures on my Instagram, at Scott Fox on Air. If you want to reach out, you can reach Cat at Cat on Air. Remember, that's Cat with a K. And tomorrow, we will have another edition of After 9, and then Dave joins us on Friday, and holy shit, there's a lot going on. Love it. Get this, a company has created a new laptop prototype with seven screens. I can't wait to be on a plane when some guy in the middle seat opens that up. (laughs) You might as well use the armrest tube, sir. Governor Cuomo says they're working on a plan to reopen Broadway. So for those of you who've been dying to see Hugh Jackman and the Music Man, now you literally can do that. New York City will resume indoor dining on Friday ahead of Valentine's Day. It's the perfect way to tell someone, I love you, but I'm indifferent to your grandparents. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.